Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Picture this, it's Saturday morning and you're on your John Deere compact tractor. You're effortlessly breaking ground on your new landscaping project. Next, you're moving piles of rocks just by moving a lever. And now, you're enjoying the warmth of the sun as you clear brush across your pasture. We could keep trying to put you in the moment, but to really understand everything you can do with a John Deere compact tractor, you just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you. Hello, friends. I'm Laura Adams, and this is the Money Girl Podcast, where what I do every week is help you live rich and love the journey. If you've been following for a while, you know that each podcast episode is a whole lot more than just a podcast. It's really a mini training where I focus on a topic that's either in the news or something that I think is important for you to know. Maybe it's a question that I receive from a listener or several listeners. And that's how I got the topic for today's show. I received several questions within just a few days about the same topic. And I thought, well, this would be a great time to go ahead and put together a show for you. I love today's topic because one way to improve your finances radically and to build wealth is creating more revenue streams or more ways to make money. And I can tell you from experience, that's really how I have been able to grow my wealth when I was able to get into business for the first time and then get into multiple businesses and have multiple streams of revenue. That's really where I was able to accumulate wealth and savings and achieve a lot of my financial goals. But I know that when you make the move from, let's say, a regular nine-to-five corporate job into self-employment, there are a lot of things that can hold you back. And one of them that I've noticed seems to be benefits. So today's show is for you if you've thought about doing a part-time side gig or maybe going into business for yourself full-time, or maybe you're already doing it, but you just don't have all of the benefits that you need to feel secure. And I think that enjoying the entrepreneurial lifestyle is a huge reason why many of us want to work for ourselves. But the downside to all that freedom that you get is you just don't have a cushy benefits package, which is what most employers offer these days to stay competitive. When you're self-employed, you get a lot of perks that many traditional employees miss, like unlimited vacation and sick days, flex time, comp time, some tax deductions, and perhaps the ability to work from any location. Those are just a few of the upsides of being your own boss. So the pros and cons of being your own boss is certainly something that you have to evaluate for yourself. But in this podcast, I'm going to show you how to create your own self-employed benefits program. And it's probably a lot easier than you think. Plus, I'll answer several related questions that I got from Money Girl readers and listeners about working for yourself. Again, I'm glad you're here, and I hope that you'll stick around by subscribing if you haven't done that already. And if you have questions or want to review anything that I cover in the podcast, 
Every single show has notes, so you'll find all of those plus the full archive of podcasts in the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. This is episode number 533, Five Steps to Create Your Own Self-Employed Benefits Package. So I'm going to take you through five really important points of creating benefits that can kind of mimic what you get in the workplace. And if you put all of this together, you'll really find that you're going to protect your personal finances, you'll cut taxes, and reduce the risk of being an entrepreneur. So the first benefit that you need to recreate for yourself is health insurance. If you've made the leap from a corporate job to being self-employed, you know that the first benefit you're likely to miss is health insurance. Group plans cost a whole lot less than individual plans. Plus, your employer may have subsidized all or some of your premium, making it cost even less. But if you have a spouse or a domestic partner who has group health benefits, you can kind of ride their coattails. You can become a dependent on his or her policy. But if you're single or you have a partner who's also self-employed, you're going to need to start shopping. And I'll give you some tips on how to do that. So first of all, if you left a group plan to become self-employed, you are typically entitled to COBRA coverage, C-O-B-R-A. It stands for Consolidated Omnibus Budget Reconciliation Act, which doesn't sound like it has anything to do with health insurance, but it is a law that allows you to continue employer-sponsored health plans for a limited time after you're no longer employed. It gives you the exact same medical benefits and choices that you had before you left your company, including health dental, and vision insurance. And you get those just for a limited time. You only get them for 18 months in most cases. Now, the problem with COBRA is that you're charged the full cost of the health premium. And that can be a whole lot more than what you previously paid as an employee. So most people who look at the COBRA premiums kind of go through this sticker shock and they can't believe how expensive it's going to be. So it may not be the best option for you. What I recommend is that you consider all your options. So Can you enroll in a spouse's plan? If you're younger than age 26, you may be able to enroll in a parent's plan and also, of course, shopping for your own individual plan. I'll talk a little bit more about that. Remember that not having qualified health insurance is illegal and it comes with a tax penalty if you're uninsured for more than two consecutive months. However, according to recent tax reform, Starting in 2019, the penalty for being uninsured or the penalty for having a subpar health plan won't be enforced. So basically, going forward, you're kind of allowed to break the law with no penalty is is what's going to happen. So if you're looking for insurance this year, I would definitely recommend getting a plan that's qualified. That means it has all the 10 essential benefits. But going forward, if you want to kind of skimp on policies, you'll be able to do that with no penalty. Now, I got a question from an anonymous reader who says, How do I find affordable health insurance if I decide to leave my job and do freelance work full time? Well, depending on your income and family size, you may be eligible for a subsidy that reduces the cost of coverage. If you have low income, you may qualify for free or low-cost coverage through Medicaid. Or if you have kids, the Children's Health Insurance Program, known as CHIP, 
So being eligible for COBRA does not affect your eligibility for any type of federal assistance. One option to reduce the cost of health insurance is to choose what is known as a high deductible health plan. And an added benefit of these types of health plans is that they also allow you to have a health savings account or HSA, which you can spend tax-free on many different qualified medical expenses. And I'll tell you more about HSAs in a moment. So if you're looking for health insurance, there are a variety of places that you can purchase it. You can go to a local health insurance agent or broker. You can go directly to an insurance carrier like Cigna or USAA. You can go online. There are a lot of quote aggregators like eHealth Insurance that can help you uh, get quotes online. And the federal insurance marketplace is healthcare.gov. And if your state also has an exchange that federal site will direct you there to purchase your insurance through the marketplace in your state. Now, there's no denying that health insurance is expensive. There probably is no getting around that. But what I want you to think about is how it pales when compared to the potentially massive medical bills that you could face if you get into an accident or you get diagnosed with a major illness, it's just not worth the risk. So I want you to make getting good health insurance a top priority when you're self-employed. Okay, moving on to the second benefit that you can create for yourself, use a health savings account or HSA. As I mentioned, you are qualified to contribute to an HSA when you have a high deductible health plan. And a deductible is the amount that you have to pay first before your benefits kick in. And with health insurance, if you're in relatively good health, a high deductible plan can really make sense. Now, the downside is that if you do get sick, you're gonna have to pay more out of pocket before your payout for covered claims begin. So a high deductible plan really works in your favor when you only need limited medical care and you're not likely to spend the full deductible each year. And you're eligible to have an HSA no matter if you get your high deductible plan on your own or through a group plan at work. And contributions are deductible on your tax return, so that means it reduces your tax liability, even if you don't itemize deductions. And your funds in the account can earn interest, or they can even be invested for potential growth. And then later on, when you take distributions to pay for qualified medical expenses, such as doctor co-pays, prescriptions, eyeglasses, and medical supplies, your contributions and earnings are completely tax-free. You can also use HSA funds for a long list of expenses, even if you don't have insurance for them, such as going to the dentist, going to an ophthalmologist, a chiropractor, or a psychologist. So you don't have to have insurance in order to spend the money in the account. You can spend it on anything that's qualified by the IRS. But if you spend HSA money on a non-qualified expense, the amount will be taxed as income, plus you've got to pay a hefty 20% tax penalty. Now, one cool thing about an HSA is that if you reach age 65 and you've still got money in it, the penalty doesn't apply. In other words, if you spend money after age 65 on non-qualified expenses, like, I don't know, a trip to Hawaii, it would simply be subject to income tax. You wouldn't have to pay the penalty. So this makes an HSA kind of like an additional retirement account if you own it long enough. 
I'm a huge fan of HSAs. I've had one for many, many years, and it just makes a lot of sense. You're able to buy healthcare and buy medical goods and services on a tax-free basis. So that really cuts the cost of them. And no matter where you get your health insurance, whether it's from an employer or you buy it on the open market, you always own and manage an HSA as an individual. So you don't need permission from an employer or the IRS to set one up. And it stays with you even if you change jobs or become unemployed. Even if you are no longer insured, you can still spend the money in the fund. For 2018, if you have health coverage for just yourself, you can contribute up to $3,450 to an HSA. And if you have a family plan, you can contribute up to $6,900 to an HSA. There's also a catch-up policy that allows you to contribute an additional $1,000 if you're age 55 or older. And you can make contributions at any time during the year, even up to April 15th or April 17th, whatever the tax day is, for the previous year. But you're never required to make contributions. A podcast listener named Shannon says, I really learn a lot from you. What are the top places to open an HSA account? Shannon, thanks so much. I appreciate that. If you qualify for an HSA, it's really easy to open one up at a lot of different institutions. You might try your bank. Uh, I use hsabank.com. Lively HSA is another option. So there are lots of good places. Okay, moving on to number three, which is get a term life insurance policy. Many employers offer life insurance, but you typically lose it when you leave the company. COBRA does not include life insurance. So you're going to lose that once you leave the company or are terminated. The good news is that if you're in relatively good health, finding affordable life insurance is probably easier and less expensive than you think. First, I want you to make sure that you actually need life insurance. You never get to enjoy life insurance because the payout goes to your beneficiaries after you die. The purpose is to give you and your loved ones peace of mind that your financial life will be okay even after an unexpected deadly tragedy. So if anyone depends on you or they would be hurt financially if you were not around, like children, a spouse, a partner, or aging parents, you need life insurance. There are different types, such as term life and permanent life, and what you need depends on your financial goals and your family situation. So here's a summary of each type. Term life provides a benefit on the death of the policy owner for a set period, such as 10 or 20 years. I prefer term insurance because it's very inexpensive, and I think it kind of gives you the most bang for your buck. But the other type I mentioned, permanent life, that includes a variety of products that you may have heard, such as whole life, universal life, and variable life. I won't get into the details of each of those here, but what you need to know is that they provide a death benefit and an investment all wrapped up into one. They're called permanent life policies because you get lifetime coverage. These types of policies are much more complex and much more expensive than term life. So when I say term life is affordable, let me give you an example. If you're in your 30s with relatively good health, your premium for a 20-year, $500,000 term policy would be about $200 per year. That's not bad. 
There are lots of places online that you can shop and compare term life quotes, including Haven Life, Liberty Mutual, and USAA. Even if you do get a life policy through work, it's usually only one or two times your annual salary, which is typically not enough for individuals with a spouse and children. So aim to have coverage that's at least 10 times your annual salary. And you can use one or more policies, kind of stack on policies to make sure that you've got enough total coverage. Life insurance can't make you immune to a tragedy, but it should be a pillar of your personal finances. If you want to live life more confidently, especially as a business owner, it's critical to protect your assets and support your loved ones with a life insurance policy. Money Girl is sponsored by Claritin. If you're like me and you suffer from allergies, you know this time of year can be pretty rough. There's a lot of sneezing, itchy eyes, congestion, and they can really hold you back from living the life you want to live. Luckily, for those with allergies, you can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This is a product designed for serious allergy sufferers. It's got two ingredients in one pill that relieve allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combo of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant relieves all the symptoms that you suffer. And what I love about Claritin D is that it starts working in as little as 30 minutes. Plus, it's non-drowsy, so you can still make the most of your day. I can take Claritin D and then get on the mic and record a podcast without being too congested. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Okay, back to our benefits. Number four is don't forget about disability insurance. Disability insurance is another coverage that you typically get on an employer-provided benefits menu, but it gets canceled when you leave the company. And it's often overlooked by self-employed people, but it's very, very important. Did you know that you're more likely to suffer a disability than you are to die before the age of 65? And when a long-term disability occurs, the average absence from work is two and a half years. Remember, health insurance only pays a portion of your medical bills. It doesn't pay your living expenses like housing or food if you can't earn money for an extended period. 
A disability policy pays a percentage of your gross income, like 60% or 70% of what you were earning, if you cannot work due to a disability, an illness, or an accident. Not being well enough to work could cause a major financial strain for you and your family who depend on your income. Social security, well, there's a benefit there, but it's only available after you've been out of work for a year and are completely disabled. And you may be entitled to workers' compensation insurance, but only if you suffer an injury that's work-related. A podcast listener named Alexis says, I'm a big fan of the show. My husband is a carpenter, and we both have health insurance in California through my work. Is there additional insurance we should purchase since he works with tools and machinery, or is regular health insurance sufficient? Thanks so much, Alexis. Definitely, it is not sufficient. I always recommend having a disability policy, but especially if your work makes you inherently prone to injuries. Several states, including your home state, California, do offer a disability program for workers who pay into the system through payroll deductions. And if you're self-employed, you can elect to pay state disability premiums, which may be less expensive than a private policy. So I would encourage you to shop both options and find coverage that makes sense for your husband's work and financial situation. In addition to the state program, check out companies like MetLife, State Farm, and Mutual of Omaha. And the fifth benefit you need when you're self-employed is contribute to a tax-advantaged retirement account. This is another essential benefit that you'll need to handle on your own after becoming self-employed. You've got to handle your own retirement. And fortunately, there are great options to invest for the future, even when you don't have a traditional day job with a 401k. A member of my Dominate Your Dollars private Facebook group named Kate Haas says, I have multiple part-time jobs as a self-employed independent contractor. What are my best options for retirement? Kate, thanks so much for your question and being a member of the Dominate Your Dollars group. And by the way, if you're interested in joining this fantastic group, I would encourage you to send me a text message. Text the word dollars to the number 33444 and I'll send you an invitation to join the group. I'm going to give you a long answer. I'm going to cover four different types of tax-advantaged retirement accounts to consider when you work for yourself. The first is a traditional IRA. And by the way, IRA stands for Individual Retirement Arrangement. It's for any individual who has earned income and is under the age of 70 and a half. Contributions to this account are tax deductible, which means they reduce the amount of income on which you pay tax. The only downside is that if you or a spouse also participate in a workplace retirement plan like a 401k or a 403b, some or all of your contributions to a traditional IRA may not be tax deductible. You can still contribute, but they may not be deductible. Another negative is that IRAs have a pretty low annual contribution limit compared to other options that I'm going to cover in just a moment for the self-employed. For 2018, you can contribute up to 5,500 or 6,500 if you're age 50 or older. Additionally, if you take money out of a traditional IRA before the age of 59 and a half, you're subject to income tax plus an additional 10% early withdrawal penalty. 
So the second account that you can use when you're self-employed is a Roth IRA. This is for any individual with earned income up to certain limits, no matter your age. Contributions with a Roth are taxed up front, but the withdrawals that you take during retirement are completely tax-free. That allows you to avoid paying tax on a lot of earnings and growth in a Roth. It could be accumulating value for decades. So that's a great option for a lot of people. And you still get the full tax benefit even if you or a spouse participate in a retirement plan at work. Additionally, you've got more flexibility to withdraw Roth IRA contributions, but not the earnings portion of the account before retirement without triggering tax or those penalties that I mentioned, that 10% penalty if you're younger than age 59 and a half. And I've done a lot of podcasts about Roth IRAs, so if that's of interest, just go to quickanddirtytips.com to the search bar at the top of the page and, and type in Roth or IRA, and a lot of shows will come up. The contribution limits are the same as for a traditional IRA. You can contribute up to $5,500 or $6,500 if you're age 50 or older. Now, that limit is the total for all IRAs. For example, you could contribute $2,000 to a traditional IRA and $3,500 to a Roth IRA in the same year, but you can't contribute $5,500 to both types of IRAs. I created a handy one-page reference tool that I call the Retirement Account Comparison Chart. If you want to learn more about the pros and cons of different accounts and what it means to be Roth and traditional, I know it can be a little confusing, but it's really easy to get the free download. You can just text the word RETIRE to the number 33444, and there's also a link to it in the show notes on the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. Okay, the third type of retirement account that may be a great option for you when you're self-employed is a SEP IRA, so S-E-P-I-R-A. It's a traditional IRA for anyone who is self-employed with or without employees. No matter if you're set up as a sole proprietor, a partnership, a corporation, it doesn't matter what your legal business entity is. All of these retirement accounts that I'm covering are an option for you. So SEP IRA stands for Simplified Employee Pension IRA. And this is one of my favorite plans because it's very easy and inexpensive to administer. I have a SEP IRA and I love it. With a SEP IRA, contributions can only come from an employer. So if you have employees, they can never contribute their own money. So as the business owner, you choose the amount to contribute each year and if you want to contribute each year or not. For example, let's say you have a small web design business with one employee named Jose. If you choose to have the company contribute 10% of your income to your own SEP IRA, you would also have to contribute 10% of Jose's pay to his SEP IRA. So what you do for one person, you have to do for everyone in the business. For 2018, you can make SEP IRA contributions for each of your employees, and that includes yourself, up to 25% of compensation for a maximum of $55,000. And you can also max out other accounts, including a traditional or a Roth IRA and a retirement plan with another employer, such as a 401k or a 403b. 
But as I mentioned, if you had a bad year with little profit and you just don't want to make that contribution, you can choose not to make any contributions to your SEP IRA. If you have employees, they are always vested in their account, which means if Jose leaves your employment, he can take his retirement money with him. And just like with a traditional IRA, if you or your employees take money out of a SEP IRA before reaching the age 59 and a half, you're subject to income tax plus an additional 10% early withdrawal penalty. Okay, the final retirement account for self-employed that I'll cover is another great one called a solo 401k. This is a traditional 401k or even a Roth 401k for anyone who is self-employed. But for this account, you cannot have any employees except a spouse. So if you're in business on your own and you don't have any plans to hire employees, this is a great option. As both the employer and the employee in your business you can make both sides of the contribution into your account. So this arrangement allows you to contribute more with a solo 401k than any other type of retirement account that I mentioned. Unlike a Roth IRA that imposes income limits, you can actually contribute to a Roth solo 401k no matter how much you earn. For 2018, on the employee side of a solo 401k, you can contribute as much as 100% of your salary up to $18,500 or up to $24,500 if you're age 50 or older. Plus, as the employer, you can contribute money from the employer side. You can contribute up to 25% of compensation as long as your total contributions do not exceed $55,000 or $61,000 if you're age 50 or older. Be aware that if your business is a side gig, such as doing freelance writing in the evenings or weekend photography, and you also participate in a 401k as an employee at another company, the total employee contribution you can make to both plans is $18,500 or $24,500 if you're age 50 or older. So you can only do that one time. You can't double up those contributions if you have two 401ks. When you have a solo 401k, you can also have a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA. But as I mentioned, depending on your income and your tax filing status, some or all of your contributions to a traditional IRA may not be tax deductible. If you want to learn a little bit more about the details on contributing to both a 401k and an IRA in the same year, I would encourage you to listen to podcast number 492, where I go into a lot more detail about how it works. If you need help setting up a retirement plan or you're just not sure how to use multiple retirement plans properly, be sure to contact a qualified tax accountant who can walk you through it. Paying a professional to help you maximize tax benefits for your business and your retirement accounts is going to pay off. The bottom line is that you don't need to work in a traditional job to enjoy a great benefits package. In fact, when you create your own, you can customize it any way you like. So do your homework, shop around, and factor in the cost of self-employment benefits like insurance into your business. Don't let benefits be a stumbling block to creating your own venture and living your dream of becoming an entrepreneur. So let's review really quickly what we covered is, number one, buy individual health insurance. Number two, use a health savings account if it makes sense for you to have a high deductible health plan. Number three, Get a term life insurance policy. 
Number four, don't forget about disability insurance. And number five, contribute to a tax advantage retirement account. Thanks to everyone who sent in questions that I included in this show. Before we go, I want to remind you about my brand new online class called Get Out of Debt Fast, a proven plan to stay debt-free forever. If getting out of debt is something you really want to get serious about this year, I really want to help you. The cost of this class right now is so cheap. It's less than $30 for a limited time. So I really want to encourage you to take control of your finances by joining this class. You will come away with a clear debt reduction plan to eliminate credit cards, student loans, medical bills, mortgages, or any debt that you owe, even if you don't have extra money to pay them off faster. You can complete the course at your pace And for that price, you get lifetime access. To learn more, just text DEBT COURSE, D-E-B-T-C-O-U-R-S-E with no space, to the number 33444. And I'll send you an email that gives you a link to get 85% off to get the course under $30 for a limited time. Check it out and I'll see you in class. Keep listening, learning, and leveraging your resources to grow richer every single day. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week, courtesy of Money Girl, your guide to a richer life. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.